Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle, here with Laura Heck. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you might remember that we started out by recording little 20-minute episodes, 20, 30 minutes. Um, we tend to go a little bit longer these days, but not today. Today, it's a, it's a quick one. We got a little bit of a late start, but I think we still come up with some cool stuff. Laura tells a story about every parent's nightmare, which is kind of fun to get into. I've been stumbling onto a new tool, which I'm excited to work out and work through. I'll remind you one more time about the workshop that's coming up on February 9th and 10th. It's a really cool opportunity to get some new tools and to uh, just have a refresh or just have a refresh or a reset on your relationship. Um, you can learn more about that at marriagetherapyradio.com. As always, we're grateful that you've joined us. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. If you could see the chaos around me, you know how like they say, you know, to be to have a clear mind, you need just like clarity. Can I? I wish you could see just the chaos. Maybe I'll take a picture. I'm in my son's bedroom. I have dogs on beds. Uh, Thank you. I have piles of laundry. Uh -huh. I'm so ready to be out of this rental house and into our real house. And we just we just learned recently that it's a month later. They were like, oh, yep, no. we're on schedule. We are so excited for you to move in February 1st. And then we went to our meeting on Tuesday and they said, yeah, no, it's probably going to be the end of February yeah, we're going to go through February. I was like, so we're we're tacking on an extra month. Neato. But you got the Wordle in too. I did get the Wordle in too. Yeah. Yeah. I think something's happening because I'm 18 days without putting toxins into my body in the form of alcohol um, okay. for dry January. I'm curious how many people do dry January. Yeah. Um, it was a really soggy December, so we had to dry okay. it out a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, maybe my brain is just firing. And now a little you're bit good better. at the world. Yeah, uh, my family shares their Wordle. They post their Wordle results um, mm -hmm. every uh, every day, and so mm -hmm. there's like five of us that are on it. And yeah. I only post when I do well. Right on. Do you so, know? Do you you know how I play Wordle, right? Mm, I think you've described it, but please remind me. I'm just on the edge of my seat. I play Wordle golf. So there's five of us. We're all good friends yeah. and we play every day for 18 days in a row, like a golf, like a golf course. Par is four. So we okay. keep track on a golf card. And so somebody wins uh, after 18 holes, they are the winner. And they, for the next 18 holes, they get to be Tiger Words. Cute. Yeah, it's cute. They're Tiger Words. It's and um, yeah. we all have handicaps. And right Wait, now- Wait, why do you have a handicap? Because some of us are better than others. And so we score on a handicap just like you would in golf. I mean, we've been playing for two years. So we all have like average scores that we get just like an average, just like a golfer would. So I have, okay. a, I have a handicap and my wife has a handicap and our mutual friend has a handicap. And so we play and somebody wins, but then sometimes if we need to like break a tie, we'll use the handicaps. Do you, uh, what was the question? You have question? to post your score every single day on the text thread. Yeah. If you okay. don't get it, you get a seven. 
Like if yeah. you if you bust, and if uh-huh. you don't report your score, you get an eight. Woof. So yeah, so you have to report your score, and you have to I do it. I don't know if I have not gotten the Wordle before. Do you use those? Like my husband will go on. For, this is kind of interesting. My mom has an entire notebook where she writes down. I'm not really clear as to how, what she's doing or why mm-hmm. she's doing it, but mm-hmm. she writes down all of her words. And so it just looks like a notebook of chicken scratch, but it's page after page after page yeah. after page of all these yeah. different words. Yeah. And then my husband goes through and he has a website that he double checks words mm-hmm. on, like words yeah. that have already been used yeah. or he That's puts in cheating. like different. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> yeah. I thought so too, but there is nothing better than looking across. I mean, we've kind of uh, agreed as a family that my husband is smarter than I am. Uh, And so when I get the Wordle in less than he does, Uh I'm basically a queen. You're Tiger Woods for the day. You're like, I'm the, I'm the king of the, of the course. Hey, uh, I want to share this with, with you. And I want to share this with our, our listeners, because this was something that happened last night that okay. is a, a first in the heck household. Okay. Uh, Holden walked in on Ryan and I having special time. Okay. That was a first. <laughs> and I, I, it happened. And then, and then we had like the fallout of it and okay. it was at like 1030 last night. And I just needed to share it on the podcast because it, this is the time where I wish that it was a big conversation where our listeners could actually respond back and we could have a conversation because uh-huh. I wanted to know, like, has this ever happened to you? Uh-huh. And then what did you do? What uh-huh. was like the the aftermath or the. the yeah. 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 So has that ever what happened was the to aftermath? you? you... <sighs> um, <laughs> so uh, first of all, I'm very proud of myself because I think I might have shared on the last podcast that that's a goal of mine is to initiate sex more often. And so okay. I initiated and it's going very well. Um, okay. But my son, unfortunately, is the uh, innocent bystander of all of that. So we threw our clothes on. He walked in and Ryan goes, oh, and he kind of like straightened up a little bit and I and I sort of turned and then I saw my son turn on his heels immediately. So he walked uh. into a dark room, turned on his heels, walked back da- downstairs, didn't say a word. And so we put clothes on and we went downstairs uh. and he's grinning from ear to ear. And <laughs> the first thing, the first, like there was so many giggles coming from Ryan and I because we were so embarrassed. Uh. And I just, we didn't talk about what we were going to say. We just both walked downstairs. And it's interesting because it was way more uh, of like a family discussion than I Mm. ever anticipated. And I think, so yeah, we went downstairs. We said, well, uh, mommy and daddy love each other a lot. And Mm. Holden said, yeah, I I could see that or something, you know, smart alecky. This is my eight-year-old. And, um, and I made some like joke that he has a little brother on the way or something, just, uh-huh. I don't know. And then asked if he had any questions and we all kind of had some good giggles. And the best part was his response. He, I, I said, how did you know what was going on? And he goes, well, I walked in and I saw, I saw you on top of dad. And then I heard, this is the best part. <laughs> I heard soft, soothing noises. <laughs> died i laughed so hard um it was like yeah your dad was really enjoying himself 
what that's the sound that you get you give when you are getting a really lovely back massage, son. Just kidding. Um, no, it was a good it was a good moment. He knew exactly what was going on, which is kind of bonkers. Yeah. Um, and then he made some kind of a joke. It's funny, like he I don't know, he rolled with it, but he was like, This is why I never want to go to bed early. Cause you guys have all the fun when I'm <laughs> <laughs> after after I go to bed. Anyway. That was a first. And I just I need to hear other people's stories to help normalize it for me because it is deeply embarrassing for me. Well, I think the opposite is true as well. Like people need to hear your stories to normalize it for them, because I think the thing that's really cool is uh, is really important anyway, is that people begin to and allow themselves to separate sex from shame or embarrassment Uh. or like. Yeah. Like there's all these horror stories about kids walking in and like, oh, they were scarred for life, you know, and I'll never uh, unsee that and blah, blah, blah. And I think you guys sounds like you did a really good job of just like making that just kind of like kind of part of the deal because it is just part of the deal. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not scary or dirty or gross. And um, I go back even to what Gabor Mate says, which is this idea that trauma isn't what happens to you. Trauma is what it's happens inside of, of you because uh-huh. of what happens to you. And so, yeah. you know, you walk in on your parents and you never talk about it or you never normalize it or you always feel like you've done something wrong and he didn't have yeah. that experience, you know? So I think, you know, kudos to you and Ryan both. Yeah. Well, I, I think it would be a double whammy if like we, if he had never, never seen like his parents naked before, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. the nudity wasn't a factor mm-hmm. and it was also dark. It's just like, he just, he walked in where two people were doing things that we normally do in private and he had a little glimpse into our private life. And so, uh, you know, Ryan made a joke and he was like, yeah, sorry, buddy. And then he paused and he was like, no, I'm not Sorry. You walked into our room. We were enjoying ourselves. <laughs> You're the one that like walked in on us. And it was, I mean, it was all just kind of lighthearted. And eventually the best part though, I have to say was I go back upstairs after putting our son back to bed, you know, like rubbing his back. He came upstairs cause he wanted to crawl into bed with us. And, um, and so I put him back to sleep in his own bed, went back upstairs. This is like 40 minutes later. And my husband's like still listening to the soundtrack on Alexa Candle is still going. He still has the the jar. Yeah, yeah, the jar of coconut oil. Here we go. And yeah, and he's like, so like, are you kidding me? There is going to be no restart to this. My brain is in a totally different space right now. I'm trying to figure out if I just ruined my kid or if he's going to be okay. Um, He's going to be okay. But anyway, that's my funny story. Yeah, good. Hey friends, it's Laura. I am about to do something kind of scary. I'm going to open up my Rocket Money app and I'm going to share with you my monthly and annual subscriptions. Um, For the record, many of these subscriptions I actually forgot I didn't even have. Um, Amazon Prime, I've been paying for that for a long time. I have a credit card annual membership. Business Insider, which I have no idea what that is, so I'll be texting my husband asking him uh fubo tv i think this is how we access golf and football i think uh godaddy which is my domain for my website linkedin premium netflix property radar that must be for my husband showtime i don't even watch showtime i have no idea why we're paying for this spotify uh, i think that's my husband the wall street journal 39 dollars a month are you kidding me right now um i have my at&t subscription I have all sorts of subscriptions in here. That's actually not so bad. 
I'm, I'm kind of impressed with that, to be perfectly honest. I'm not super embarrassed by it either, but why is this important? So this is an app, it's called Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app and it finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and it monitors your spending and it helps to lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and it's helped to save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So if you're like me, and you get excited and you are like, you know what, I'm just gonna subscribe and I'm just gonna do the seven day trial. And then all of a sudden, it's two years later and you've been paying for the subscription that you completely forgot about. This is where Rocket Money comes in handy because it will share with you all of the subscriptions that you have been spending. And then you can cancel it through the app. You don't have to go through the process of tracking down and trying to talk to somebody live and sending an email. Rocket Money does it for you. So stop wasting money on the things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash MTR. That's rocketmoney.com slash MTR. Hey friends, registration is still open for our winter weekend intensive on February 9th and 10th. If you have been feeling that quiet little tug to do something more for your relationship, let this be your permission to pull the trigger and register for the weekend workshop. We'll be meeting virtually on Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and again on Saturday from 8 to 3 p.m. This is nine hours of time that you'll be spending in the comfort of your own home, practicing new relationship tools with your partner. We'll teach you how to reconnect emotionally, communicate gently, and navigate conflict effectively. This weekend workshop follows the science of Dr. John Gottman's seven principles for making marriage work. Meet with Zach and myself for an unforgettable weekend. Register today for only $450 per couple on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. You know, it reminds me of, uh, sorry, we, we are on a little bit of an abbreviated schedule today just because we have got, got a late start, but the, it reminds me of something that I did want to sort of talk about and maybe go into mm-hmm. a little bit more. But I started doing something in, in my office the other day that I think your story kind of res- like tracks with, which is huh. we did an episode a whole bunch t- uh, a long time ago about at, like quadrants where you have this, yeah. this horizontal axis and this positive, this uh, vertical axis. And then you have the kind of these four options. And we were, I was getting into the same conversation over and over again with this one couple. And they were talking about things that they wanted to happen. Like she wanted to go on a business trip and uh, in Las Vegas, and he didn't want her to go on a business trip in Las Vegas. And then there was a couple of other examples, but if we just stick with the Las Vegas one, what I was thinking about is like, I tried to tell them, I said, you know, on this horizontal axis, you have, you go on the trip, you don't go on the trip. Those are the two. Those are the two options that you have. Okay. And the vertical axis you have. It's good for the marriage. It's bad for the marriage. So below the line you have. You went on the trip and it was bad for the marriage. You didn't go on the trip and it was bad for the marriage. Above the line you have. You went on the trip and it was good for the marriage. You didn't go on the trip and it was good for the marriage. And mm-hmm. I was like, what if you made four separate columns? Like, because the trip's in. I don't know. It's in like October or something. What if you made four columns and you said, here's what would have to happen for us to go on the trip and be good for the marriage. Here's what would have to happen for me to go on the trip and it'd be bad for the marriage. Here's what would have to happen for me to not go on the trip and be good for the marriage. Here's what would have to happen for me to not go on the trip and it would be bad to the marriage. And bad for the marriage would be things like, you know, he says, I don't want you to go on the trip. And she says, fine, I won't go on the trip. So she doesn't go on the trip, but she's bitter and resentful and angry about it. And she still feels controlled, you know? All right. 
good good for the marriage would be she goes on the trip, but they have really thoughtful talk about the boundaries and she holds the boundaries and that is a is a it's a new kind of experience vis-a-vis other travel experiences that they've had before. But I think that there's it's never the thing, right? The thing isn't my kid walked into me or my kid didn't walk into me. The thing is my kid walked into me and it was good for the family. Right. Or my kid walked into me and it was bad for the family. Or my kid walked yeah. in on me and it was or didn't walk in on me and it was good for the family. Or didn't walk in on me and it was bad for the family. Didn't yeah. walk in on me and it was bad for the family is shame, sex is shameful, private, dirty, gross, not uh-huh. for kids to learn about. You know, all of those things uh-huh. are not going to be a win overall. But the point I'm making is it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what what the the trauma is. It doesn't matter what the context is. It's the meaning that you make of it or what you do with it that makes right. it good or bad. Yeah. I mean, and, mm. and and people get into these things all the time where they feel like they, they're faced with these sort of binary things. I want this to happen or and you want that to happen. Or I feel strongly about this and you feel strongly about that. And what they're missing, I think, is the above the line, below the line conversation um, or the, or investigation. And I'd never really thought about having somebody like write down. I mean, these guys have what, nine months to figure out whether or not this trip is going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. but I think they could, they, I think they could reasonably articulate what, what would go in all four boxes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I agree. You could do that work on your whiteboard. And it's not whether or not she takes the trip. Yeah. It's what you do with it. How she conceptualizes. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I'm trying to think of all these different situations and scenarios where couples could use that as a way to be able to identify, like, what are we going to do with this? Because there's a lot of choices that we make that you could be really thoughtful in choosing how is this going to impact us or how are we going to use this moment in time, this decision, whatever it might be, for the relationship, for it to be positive for the relationship or negative for the relationship. Yeah, and I think it's about zooming back back far enough to realize that there's two things at play. There's not simply like I mean and we're saying this uh, again and again, but it's not simply the issue. It's how are we going to how are we going to navigate this issue in a way that's good for us and you have to back up and consider all the different alternatives. And um I want to say like these guys don't know that I'm talking about them or whatever else, but I will say that he in particular started to really grasp this idea that he mm. he understood that he was holding on very tightly to some specific things that he thought were in the realm of like right and wrong or good and <laughs> bad or the or you know behavior oriented and he had a little bit of an aha moment when he started to realize like oh i could get what i want here meaning she doesn't go on the trip and it actually be terrible it could actually be the worst thing I do for he her. He doesn't want her to go on the trip. Is that the he idea? He doesn't want her to go on the trip right now. He's nervous about it. He doesn't really like Las Vegas. There's some bad precedent there. And so, you know, he's like, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. You can't go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You realize that right now, if she says, I'm not going, it's going to be because you made her. Right. And that's not going to, and he was started. And then again, this is where he started to have this aha moment of, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't want her to go. And I go, okay, well, again, there's, she doesn't go and it's good for the marriage. Yeah. But that's a different quadrant, you know? Right. Right. So, so anyway, I was in the middle of giving I, him credit, giving him kudos for kind of understanding that and wrapping his head around it. It's why I wanted to talk about it here because I think if other people can do that, 
mm-hmm. becomes a whole nother way of like kind of evaluating your your kind of your decision making posture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little bit of a hard segue because it just, uh, for whatever reason, this just reminded me of a conversation that I had today with my husband. And I, I love that he is running these things by me and that he's open to hearing my opinion. Sometimes I feel like in his line of work, um, I'm able to add value. But he said, what if I was to walk up to your your door, knock on your door and say, hello, you don't know me, but I understand your house is in foreclosure and I'd like to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, and he said, would you be interested in hearing what I have to say, my, my proposition? And I said, 100%, I would not be interested in hearing what mm-hmm. you have to say. And um, he said, why is that? And I said, because you haven't heard me first. You're just offering me a solution without first asking me what's mm-hmm. going on or understanding the situation. Hmm. And as that came out of my mouth, I thought this is exactly what I do in therapy is Hmm. helping people say too often, there is absolutely zero space in my heart to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your expertise and your solutions, because you have not yet taken the time to understand my pain, my frustration, my issue. And so all I had said to him was, what if you walked up, knocked on the door and said, hi, I understand your house is in foreclosure. I think I have a solution, but I really need to understand what's going on for you. Would you mind just sort of explaining to me in your own words, what you understand is going on? And I'll see if maybe there's some way that I might be able to help you. And I think that's sales 101, but I'm also not a salesperson. My husband is. But it was really interesting how our two worlds collided just in this moment where so much of our work in sales and in therapy are very similar of seeking to understand first. Yeah. I don't know why that just reminded me as you were talking, but yeah. I don't know. I think I'm, I think I remain in this tension. Uh, It's one I'm probably going to spend the, the, I don't want to say the year, but I'm definitely thinking about it a lot, which is the difference between kind of what we're talking about and how we're talking about it. Um, in your example, like we're talking about trying to sell a house, but how we're talking about it is either you centric or salesperson centric, you know, like, and I think, again, you can sort of talk about tools all day long and you need to make sure that the, that the soil is, is fertile enough that the tools matter. You know, you can't just like mm. throw your shovel and your, you know, your pick at, at the soil if it's no good. I mean, I guess you, you could, but you kind of have to have both. So I'm, I'm keen on that right now. And I, and I like whether it's quadrant thinking or you first thinking or whatever it is, it, it, I think you can get to the solution faster, maybe even by going slower. Okay. So you just mentioned like fertile soil. So what would you recommend would be able to fertilize soil? Like what, what would be able to, <laughs> I said fertilized. Are you thinking about my story no, earlier? I think I was oh, thinking okay. about, um, I think two things. One, without question, people need to do their individual work. Like you have to do your individual uh, readiness work to show up in a way that can participate in some of this relational tool stuff. Um, Number two, I don't mind saying you have to actually understand what the tools are. You have to learn them. Um, I'll make one more pitch for our workshop, which is in just, uh, I think it's like just a couple of weeks after this episode comes out. But um, it's a really, really great kind of Gottman 101. We're going to learn the tools. 
have a little fun, set the foundation. I think once you have those, you become much more sort of ready to know kind of what to do. Um, even though maybe you still have to do the work on kind of who am I going to show, how am I going to show up and do this work? But, um, but yeah, if you're on the fence, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about a refresh in 2024, if you're thinking about trying to kind of do something new with your relationship and, um, it really is a good kind of overview and, and entry into let's just do some good, simple tool work. (laughs) But again, I don't think that, that, um, that's the solution. The solution I think is tilling the fertile soil of yourself, of your, of your, of your person in order to, um, you know, be ready to let some of these tools be effective. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. There's a lot of times when I talk to couples and I'm like, you know what, it doesn't matter what we do today in therapy. It doesn't matter the guidance that I give you or the framework that I construct if you are not in a space where you feel safe and maybe you're not in a space, maybe you're like super jacked up and uh, nervous and you just are not even at the capacity and that's a self thing. And so sometimes it's like, we can't even do therapy. We just work on self-soothing to get you to a place where then you can utilize the right tools at the right time. You got to learn how to make Uh, some soft soothing noises in therapy to, (laughs) to do it was a great back massage. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I love that you mentioned the pod or the uh, the workshop again. That's on February 9th and tenth. It's a Friday evening from four to seven p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then Saturday from eight until three Pacific Standard Time. I love those time frames because it works very well um, for folks, especially in the United States, whether you're on the East Coast or you're in Pacific Standard Time. Um, and also doesn't take up the entire weekend, but you still get nine hours of time with Zach and myself. And, it, you know, I had mentioned I added it up where I was like, this is like over a $2,000 value of therapy if you were to do therapy with us. And uh, the price is four fifty, which is not not bad at all. I think it's a, a great deal. But you do want to register because we need to get the, the uh, resources to you and all of the workbooks and good stuff. Okay, let's land this plane because you have a client in T minus two minutes. That's right. And um, and we'll we'll pick this up again. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. You can register for our intensive weekend workshop coming up on February 9th and 10th by going to our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. Registration is $450 per couple. And that includes all of your... Uh, workshop materials. You'll want to register early so that we can get everything to you in time. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.